Oh, yes. We are here. Yes, here we go now. We're back on time. Put your hand to the beat. This podcast hosted by Pete. Here we go now. What? Sorry, sorry, sorry. OMG. I can't believe it. You guys are still tuning in. Here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up, you guys? Welcome to Here We Go. That's right, you guys. Welcome. This is an in-sync podcast hosted by comedian Peter Sirs, but more importantly, 42-year-old straight male Peter Sirs, I say, as a squirrel crawls across my window um, on the outside, not the inside. <laughs> um you guys, this is uh, this is a bonus episode. Hashtag, you're welcome. This is uh, technically season one is over, and I, like I said, I cannot afford to take a hiatus because I got to get right into the Christmas album before it's not relevant. But before I get into the Christmas album, I want to um, to say hello and tell you guys about one of my favorite NSYNC songs. Um, I hope I didn't just fucking ruin it just now. Did you guys hear that? I hope not. Um, I have a pretty good mic, so maybe you didn't hear it. But, um, you know, I've been thinking about just... I want to talk about one thing. I told you guys the story last week about when we bleached our hair, and that was kind of the look that I had for so long, um, yeah, from like 97 until 2005 was when I rocked the bleached hair or some variation of it. Sometimes I had bleached hair with orange tips. Sometimes I had bleached hair with like blue in it, a little purple. Maybe I just had the highlights. So I had like the black underneath or my hair is actually dark brown, but whatever. Um, you know, and I rocked it and it was in, 2005 actually it may have been 2006 um i can tell you where i was so um you know i i've i've made no uh i've not hidden the fact that one of the reasons why i loved nsync so much was because i wanted to be them i mean i think like any guy that was around that age at that time, you know, late teens, early 20s, maybe mid 20s, you know, maybe late 20s. I don't know. You know, in the late 90s and early 2000s, whether they admitted it or not, I admitted it. But whether they admitted it or not, they were uh, they secretly wanted to be pop stars. Right. I think we all wanted to be pop stars, to, to be honest with you, um, between you and I, my doing stand up is kind of a uh i don't know uh not a variation of being a pop star but like it's my iteration of it you know my my time to be a pop star my window has closed (laughs) although i am keeping the faith because like we talked about you know josh wolf had chris kirkpatrick come sing a song with him on his special so then i started thinking about what i could do and i actually wrote a little jingle um, it's not finished yet, but, you know, I have it, so hopefully we can make that happen. Putting it out into the universe, if Lance or Joey or Chris or Justin or JC, for some reason, 
I feel like I actually have a better chance of getting Justin to do something like that with me, which is virtually no chance, um, than I would have of JC. He's just he's just so quiet. However, you know, like I said, I used to see JC at the gym, and I'm still going to the gym a lot. It's just not the same gym, so I don't know where in LA JC is working out at this point. Uh, maybe he has a gym at his house. I know Justin had a gym at his house that was for sale, but I don't have $30 million lying around, so probably not going to buy it. But you guys start sharing the podcast and telling more people to listen to it. Maybe I will get $30 million, and then I can buy Justin's house, and then you all, you guys can all come visit me and stay at Justin's house. I'll fucking do it, dude. I don't care. I will let you guys come and do a little Airbnb or, or B&B, that's bed and breakfast, uh, you know, at Justin's house, but he has a gym. Anyway, point being, maybe I will run into JC and be like, hey man, I do stand up, I'm the biggest Sync fan, not the biggest, but I'm a huge, in- I know, because I know that some of you guys are bigger fans than me, and not, not that like, it's a contest, but when I say that, I think, uh, you know, like we've talked about numerous times that, you know, a lot of you guys know a lot more about like the personal lives of these guys than I do. Whereas for me, um, it's more of a, just a love for the music and that time for music. And like I said, the fact that I wanted to be a pop star, but anyway, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second. But point being is, oh, the bleached hair I was talking about. So, um, yeah, I want to tell that story. So in, like I said, it could have been 2005, 2006. But at this point, you know, young Peter had kind of accepted the fact that I probably wasn't going to be in a boy band, probably wasn't going to be in a, because boy bands were not in, in style at that point anymore. Although they did make a comeback, kind of. Although... I never was really a big One Direction guy or like a Jonas Brothers guy. Now, I will say this, though. I was never a Jonas Brothers guy, although I have a friend who is like the hugest Jonas Brothers fan. Um, I was a fan of quite a few of Nick Jonas' songs, but like without realizing that they were Nick Jonas' songs. Like I remember hearing, um, I want to say Jealous or Chains. One of those songs. I mean, I like both of them. And being like, oh, who's did they try to break the chains, but the chains don't break me? And I was like, oh, who is this? And I was like, wait, Nick Jonas? I like Nick Jonas. Like, it was one thing to like in sync when I was like in my late teens, early 20s, and obviously still. But to start liking a Nick Jonas song when I'm like in my 30s, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But then, you know, I like. Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato and I'm like I just I guess I just like pop music you know obviously as we've talked about the era of pop music I prefer is you know the the TRL era the 98 through you know 2004 ish but you know I still like a lot of pop music man but anyway um, I had decided that I wasn't going to be a pop star anymore I mean don't get me wrong if somebody made the call like if 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 NSYNC or Backstreet, or one of these guys, all the cool kids, whatever, like, these boy band conglomerates, 
that are you know joining forces if they were like hey you want to do some songs with us i'd be like um fucking yeah absolutely even though my focus is on stand-up that would be fucking cool that's all i'm saying um but i started to shift my focus to at this point you know i started to act a little bit you know what i really wanted to do this is just a fun story so today's not going to be so much about my dating life which you guys seem to love which is weird but um or entertaining i don't know um my early roots in comedy. I've always wanted to do stand-up. Even though I always wanted to be a pop star, there was always something about stand-up that I just loved. Like, I would always watch it. I didn't really go to a ton of comedy shows. Um, but I was always, like, I grew up watching Def Comedy Jam and, you know, Comic View on BET and, like, Eddie Murphy... Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, of course, and then later on, you know, Dane Cook, and, you know, just all these people that kind of influenced me comedically, and so I think I wanted to be a stand-up, but just the idea of being on stage alone with my own words, you know, was kind of a scary thing, and I didn't really know how to get into it, but I knew that I could maybe... <laughs> I say it like it's like, you know, I thought like maybe I wanted to be on SNL, right? So I started going to classes at the Groundlings Studio in Hollywood, which is a big training, an improv training facility here in Hollywood. Um, a lot of people that were on SNL went there. Uh, Chris Kattan, Sherry O'Terry. Um, I want to say Will Ferrell went there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Molly Shannon, um, gosh, so many, Phil Hartman, um, even, uh, whatchamacallit, she wasn't on SNL, but Melissa McCarthy, like, there's, there's so many more, I'm actually kind of drawing a blank of who else went there, and a lot of people that you would recognize from, like, you know, funny, like, TV shows and whatnot, like, a lot of people come out of the ground, ground lanes, so it's a, you know, it's an, it's an improv school, so they have, like, a curriculum a little bit. And but a lot of people, like I said, from that show go on or from that school theater go on to like SNL at the time, Mad TV and just other comedic avenues. So I got the idea to go there. And I want to say this was like 2002 or three. I don't know the exact when I started there. And I took a few classes, you know, I really loved it. It was such a great time, like going to class to me, learning how to improv and stuff like that. And you know, it was really fun. It wasn't like an acting class. It was more of like they would teach you how to be funny and how to make, you know, how to make improv, which a lot of times just for you guys that are not aware, when you go to like an acting audition, especially for like commercials and stuff, they may not necessarily have a script. Maybe they have like some bullet points, but a lot of times they'll give you like a fake scenario. They just want to kind of see what you go with. And little fun fact, a lot of these auditions for like, like I said, commercials, especially They'll tell you that you're driving in a car with your family and they want to kind of see what happens and, you know, if you can act. Because sometimes they know what they want, but maybe they don't know quite what they want. So when they see it, they're like, yes, that's what we want. And then you get a commercial. Um, but there's this little unknown fact that a lot of times when they do auditions like that, the writers and producers are watching the audition tapes. And then maybe somebody does something in the audition that is really funny, that they really like but they don't book that person for the role for the commercial 
and then they book somebody else and then they end up using whatever funny moment that that actor used in the audition they end up using it in the commercial and the actor doesn't get credit because it's just an improv scene it's it's a dirty secret in hollywood but anyway um i went to groundlings and like i said i loved it it didn't feel like class to me it always just felt like i was i don't know going to like a comedy show or something and so anyway i took a few classes there you know each class lasts i want to say like 12 weeks and it was after like my third class i want to say you know, I was kind of moving up on the levels, and then I got an acting, uh, one of my teachers told me that I had too much of, like, a dance background, because, you know, I was trying to be a pop star. Yeah, I had never really had formal acting training. I took, like, a few classes in college, but anyway, and so I took, uh, you know, those classes at Groundlings, thinking that it could get me on SNL, <laughs> and then after that, I think, like I said, I want to say it was the third one, my teacher was like you know you have too much of a dance background you need to take real acting classes because you're something about like you know I wasn't able to change characters well enough or staying I don't know but he said like it, it was obvious that I didn't have an acting background so he encouraged me not encouraged me he's like before you come back and take any more classes if you're serious about this you should go and take some real acting classes learn how to act quote unquote and then come back and it was kind of disappointing to me, you know, you know, kind of like, I mean, I had plenty of rejection in Hollywood up until that point. <laughs> and still to this day, I have rejection. But, um, you know, I appreciated that he was honest and real with me because there's a lot of schools here in L.A. that will continue taking your money and just blow smoke up your ass and then you never get any better or whatever. So I even though. I didn't like the way it kind of went down. I did appreciate the fact that they were honest with me about the whole thing. So then, fast forward, I go to this acting school, and it, it was a, it's a very serious acting school. Like, it's a two-year commitment. You have to go to school twice a week. The classes are three hours, and then you have to rehearse outside of class. Like, it's a big commitment. And if you miss class, you have to pay to make up that class, so you really don't miss class at all. So... It was a big investment. I want to say after it all, um, it was like about, you know, $7,000, $8,000 that I spent going there, you know, which is an investment in my career. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I, I learned how to act, so I'm a trained actor. And I do feel like I have benefited from it because it helps me in my stand-up. Like, I can act out. I'm not a... I mean, I don't know. You, you guess I'm a storyteller on stage. I'm not really a joke, joke writer. Like, what is it with airplanes? Like, I, I tell stories about my life, but I, I know there are times when I can, you know, act up, you know, my emotions to make the bit funnier. Like, either I'm upset or I'm disgusted or whatever it might be. Usually, it's upset, but you know that comes from my acting training, you know. And so, anyway. Uh, it's a two-year program, so I did the first year, and that was fine. It was great. Met some great people that I still talk to today. This is the 2004 I started that. So in 2005, in my second year, at some point, I was assigned a scene, because that's what we do. They, they give you scenes, and then you work on them for, like, I don't know, a month or two until it gets better and better, and they give you direction every time until it gets to the point where it's, like, you know, finished, I guess, so to speak. I know this isn't in sync stuff, but I'm setting up this story, you guys, 
<laughs> um, by the way, I still love NSYNC when all this is going on, hoping that they get back together because according at this time, 2004, 2005, we were still under the impression that they were just under a hiatus, right? Um, so in my second year, I was assigned a scene from this play called The Golden Boy. Um, and I want to say the author of the play was Clifford Odets is his name. And I play this boxer, kind of like this guy from New York. And I still had the bleached hair. And I, I mean, I would probably would have kept rocking it a few more years because I was still kind of going on dance auditions at this point. And uh, my acting teacher was like, so how serious are you about acting? I'm like, well, I'm fucking paying $300 a month, you know, so I would say I'm pretty fucking serious, dude, you know. He says, okay, well, I'm assigning you this scene, and if you have bleached hair in this scene, like, it's just not going to work. He's like, so how do you feel about dyeing your hair, you know, back to its natural color? After the scene, you know, you can dye back if you want, but... He's like, also, if you're serious about acting, you should probably just, you know, dye it to your natural color. You're going to limit the roles that you can get. And in my mind, I'm like, hello, dude, Spike on Buffy has bleached hair 100%. And then I was like, yeah, and that's about it. By the way, Buffy, great fucking show, one of my favorite shows of all time. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I did it, man, because I was serious. Like, I was like, I thought I was serious. I was really getting into it. It was, like I said, I was spending... Spent thousands of dollars, so I'm like, this guy's fucking telling me again. And he was kind of a dick too. I didn't really like him that much, but looking back, it was it was great because he was hard on me because he was doing his job as a teacher. Like, I, you know, I can take, I can take you, you know, give I can take criticism, you know, which is hard in the industry, you know, because so many of us have egos. <laughs> I've always been able to take criticism, especially if I'm fucking paying for it. So. I ended up dyeing my hair. So that was the last of my bleached hair. I said goodbye to it. Like I said, that was 2005, 2006-ish. That was just a story I wanted to tell about when I got rid of my uh, my bleached hair. So anyway, um, I wanted to do a deep cut this week because, like I said, we finished the first album. We're going to get into the Christmas album next week, and we're going we're gonna to breeze through that. I'm sorry. I know, but, you know, can only talk about Christmas for so long. So I'm going to get into as many. I'm going to do the whole album, but I just may not break down uh, word by word um, what. Uh, like, I won't break be able to break down all of the, uh, the songs like I've been doing. I'm sorry. I just got backed up. You guys, I have I know I have so many things going on. I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to spend one episode on each of the songs on the Christmas album, okay? I love you guys. Unless, actually, I mean, no. I'm like, can we do it and continue it next year? Like, I don't think that's a good idea. But anyway, so this song was not on the uh, the NSYNC album. It wasn't, well, it was... Um, it was on the UK version of the No Strings Attached album. And what's interesting about that is I'm like, well, because I this is the thing. So in this is and this is why I started talking about this. So the 
NSYNC's Greatest Hits album came out in 2005, and I bought it, of course. And then that's when I heard this song. I had never heard this song, because remember, guys, you know, we still didn't have Spotify and Pandora. Like, I think Napster was out in MySpace and whatever. But, you know, it wasn't, music wasn't as easily accessible. You know, I don't think maybe the first iPod had come out at that point, but, like, there wasn't, there was a certain, we just didn't, like I said, music wasn't as accessible. So I remember hearing this song and being like, oh, I've never heard this song. I like this song. Why isn't it on any of the albums? And I don't know why they decided that um, it wasn't good enough to be an American song, but, you know, this is one of my favorite songs, so I'll play a little bit of it. As you guys probably know, if you heard it earlier, you know, um, we'll get into it right now, okay? Are you ready? Did you guys know what it is? Yeah, probably, huh? Oh, yeah. oh, yep, yep, yep. This is seriously one of my top five favorite songs. I'll never stop. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna spare you guys the details of me singing. I don't know. Do you believe me? Uh. JC is still my favorite in sync member. What? 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 Yep. I am a loser because I have an in sync podcast. <laughs> I fucking love that song, man. Like I love. I it's one of my top favorite. You know when when I ever when I when I'm finished uh, song by song analyzing everything, I'm gonna break. I already have a list of my favorite NSYNC songs and in what order, but I can't share it yet, you know, teaser, because we haven't talked about all of them yet. So I love that song. Uh, I just, it's really weird. I, I, I love it. It's a great song, dude. I don't know why they didn't give it to us. You know, I, I'll have to ask somebody at some point when I get one of the guys on the show. I, I just love that song. And so I remember like, you know, listening to that on the greatest hits, I'm like, why the fuck didn't they release it? This is a good song. Like, it's just as good as any of the other songs that you know we've come to grow and in and love. But anyway, um, apparently the song was uh, number one in El Salvador, <laughs> and it ended up it peaked at number thirteen in the UK, which is really weird because you're just like, what? Um, it was written by Max Martin. Christian Lunden, Max Martin, by the way, fucking was just a, a hit-making machine, wrote a bunch of Britney songs, Backstreet Boys, um, you know, and Alexander Cronland. Something about Swedish dudes, man. They, and and I, don't, I don't know if Christian, I'm assuming, um, I don't even know if it's a girl or a boy. I'm assuming it's probably a dude, but anyway, there's no picture of him on Wikipedia, so... There you go. Um, but yeah, it's really weird that we didn't get that song, man. Like, so anyway, I love the song. And uh, it's it's definitely in my top five for NSYNC songs. That's 100% definitely in my top five. So we're going to talk about it because it's, a. I mean, not only just because of the song and the beat and everything. It's a, it's a upbeat song that you want to dance to, but the words are like, are like there, you know, um, 
Not really much news on the NSYNC front this week, other than the fact that, like I said, Chris is performing with all the cool kids next Friday in Bakersfield. I'm not going to go because my flight Saturday morning is too early, so it's I'm going to miss out, but hopefully we get that ABC thing. Um, I think that's December 6th, and uh, you know that'll be fun. So anyway, um, let's just break it down, man. This is your favorite part of the show, right? <laughs> Ready? This is I'll Never Stop by NSYNC. Ooh, yeah. I'll Never Stop. I don't know. Do you believe me? Now, this right there, I've never cheated. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've, I've kind of been an asshole to girls, but I've never cheated. But... This right here, this sounds like a legit, like, I don't know, do you believe me? Like, you know, this sounds like she has reason to not believe him, right? So, after all that's said and done, all the lies, how I regret them, baby, now. So, you're like, oh, yep, this dude fucked up, man. You know, most of the time... It's the dude that... I I mean, I don't know stats, okay? I don't. I should Google them. But if I was a betting man and I was going to say, okay, if someone cheats on somebody in the relationship, I would say 70% of the time it's the dude cheating on the girl. Because guys are assholes. We're pigs. We think with our wieners and we are primal creatures. I mean, women are too, but women are a little bit more biological like or i'm sorry like emotional when it comes to like sexual partners whereas guys can just fucking put it anywhere you're talking to a guy that used to have intercourse with a pillow when i was a young teenager so you know maybe that's too much information it's on the internet it's in my stand-up so deal with it okay um i would say it's mostly dudes though that cheats on the girls so anyway this dude clearly either cheated or fucking had some really crazy shit that he was keeping a secret and lying about. I am a loser? Very strong words. Like, so now I want to know what he did. And you're shining like the sun. Now, I get this, man. This is a, this is a big lie. And... You know, like I said, this comes from years of heartbreak and whatnot, but I feel like, I mean, I've been in love multiple times. I've looked into that person's eyes and been like, you're so beautiful. You know, I love you. You're beautiful, blah, 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 right? I am not the guy that tells the girl that she's ugly and puts her down. Maybe when I was younger, like younger, like early 20s, maybe I would have been like, oh, I wish you had green eyes or I wish you had bigger boobs or stuff like that. But never anything about the face, you know? I don't think so. You might have to ask some of my ex-girlfriends, but I don't think I- I'm going to, I'm I'm putting money on. I've never done that. Now, might I question somebody's intelligence and so forth? Maybe. Uh but that's another story altogether. I'm not perfect. <laughs> uh, but my point was, is there's something about when you, when someone, when you, don't, when they break up with you, because clearly 
this dude fucked up and then she left him. And there's something about when you still want to be with somebody and they don't want to be with you. And then you see that person, whether in person or in pictures, and like, I don't know, there's just like this, it's like a, it's like a glow. And you're just like, man, like, how did I, why am I, and it's because they're not yours anymore. And so when he says, and you're shining like the sun, I'm like, oh yeah, 100%. I can tell you, one of my ex-girlfriends, you know, we, still to this day, this shit fucking baffles my mind. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, we had broken up. I I thought we were getting married. This is, you know, I think I said her name, but her name is Shannon, and she cheated on me, and whatever. Um, Tough, right? But I remember, like, after we broke up, she broke up with me. I was trying to, we were trying to work it out, and maybe I was resentful because she cheated on me, and then she ended up ultimately leaving me. Um, and I remember she, you know, we didn't, I, I was, I kept trying to get her on the phone and, you know, get, like, her to talk to me, thinking I could, like, talk her out of it and what, whatever, and she was kind of, like, you know, being cold to me, which really hurt because we were together for, like, four years, and I remember, I guess I, I am going to talk about this relationship now, huh, <laughs> and I remember at some point, I, 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 I realized that even though it hurt me so much and that I longed to have, you know, have our conversations that we would have every day and whatever, that the best thing to do would just be to not talk to her. So I kind of stopped talking to her. No text, no nothing. Just I'm like, OK, you know, just try to move on, even though it's really hard and I'm not going to be able to for a long time. And, you know, starting to kind of like, you know, the, you know, I was still depressed and whatever, but like, you know, it's kind of like, I was kind of to the point where I was kind of able to eat again, you know, cause you know how it is when you're going through a painful breakup, dude, you can't eat, you can't sleep. Like, it's just, it's, it's tough, man, you know? And I was kind of getting to that point. Like I remember, like I used to live in this Pico Robertson area in Los Angeles, which is like a very... Jewish neighborhood and a lot of Jewish restaurants, Jewish markets, etc. But there was this one place that was not Jewish. It was called Komodo. And it was like this Asian Mexican fusion restaurant. And I think they still have a truck somewhere in LA that goes around. It was so good. And I really liked it. It was like, you know, a couple blocks from my house. That was like the only thing that really in my neighborhood that was walking distance other than like Jack in the Box. And this little breakfast diner. Everything else was Jewish. Kosher burgers. Kosher Mexican food. Kosher pizza. Like fucking. Yeah. Nothing against Jewish people. But kosher versions of food are not very good. I'm sorry. Anyway. Especially kosher Mexican. At least not at the place that was in my neighborhood. I can't speak for all of it. But Mexicosher on fucking Pico in LA is shit. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, um, I remember, and and it was just like, like I said, we hadn't spoken in like a week, so maybe at this point, we had been broken up two weeks, maybe a little bit longer, you know, I know at least a week had gone by with no communication, and I finally was, like I said, feeling myself, I went to Komodo, got myself like a burrito or something, I used to love this, like, it was like a chicken, 
it was like a chicken and brown rice and, uh, and like mandarin oranges in the burrito, I want to say. And then there was another one that I used to get that was like carne asada with like corn and red peppers and like this avocado aioli. It was so fucking good. I don't know what, I don't remember which one of them I had, but the point was that I finally had the appetite to eat. So I was feeling really good. I go to sleep and I was finally able to kind of go to sleep. One of the first nights I was able to go to sleep on my own. And then she calls me out of the blue and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, wait, she call, is she finally coming to her senses, you know, like, and it was just this conversation that she was like, you know, she, she missed being around me and whatever. Not like she missed me, more like the friendship side of me. But my mind, I'm like, oh, like she wants to, she, she, she's, she's, she's taking, she's going to come back. Like we're going to get back together. So you know, we go to, we go to lunch, like, the next day or something, and we go to this place that I loved going to, I still love going to, one of my, my favorite burger place in LA, it's called Stout, it's fucking, it's so good, if you got a burger better than that in LA, let me know, because Stout's my fucking favorite, and we go, and I just remember her showing up, and just, like, you know, I always thought she was just the hottest thing in the world, but, like, now, in a, in a world where I can't, you know, do anything like I'm just like she's just so she's beautiful and like she's she's shining like the sun you know so that line really hits home for me so anyway um that takes me to the rest of the song sorry um tell me why can't I still be the one all right like fucking tell me why dude like Breakups suck, man. When you when you're not ready to for a relationship to end and it ends, it fucking sucks. So I, I get it. You always want an explanation, and then when you get the explanation, a lot of times it's still not good enough. You're just like, "Fuck, dude." <laughs> so, um, I will never stop until you're mine. Okay. It's a little stalkerish, but I get it. Um, <laughs> right? I can wait forever till the end of time. And I get it. I mean, that's, you know, cliche songwriting, but it works. You know, like, there are, t- there are times when there's that one that got away. And that's going to be, you know, something that you just have to deal with. You know, that's human nature, you know? Because uh, my heart is in your hands. Don't you understand? I'll never stop. I'll never stop. <laughs> and like I said, a little, a little stalkerish, but sometimes you, you get crazy, man. Can I tell you what I did? Oh my god. So, um, this is the same breakup. I'm sorry, you guys. This podcast has really become an outlet for me to just air out all my former broken hearts, which I didn't ever intended this podcast. That was not the intention, but people say they love it. And just me being real, I guess you guys can relate to that. So, I appreciate. Um, There's this thing... uh, where you just like 
okay. Um, no, I, my ex-girlfriend, this this person I'm talking about, um, I knew her passwords to everything. So obviously, in a breakup where I can't say that I didn't see it coming because I did. I was just trying to do everything in my power to have it not come. And so once we did break up, you know, I'm going through her Facebook. By the way, that's how I caught her cheating on me. I don't know if I shared that part on the podcast before or not, but I caught her cheating on me because I knew her password and something didn't seem right. And so I logged into her account and then I found some messages that she was sending the dude that she cheated on me with. And it was like kind of incriminating, but then I, the, 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 the big, the big thing, the kicker was, uh, I ended up seeing her sending a picture of her vagina to this dude. And then I found out that she ended up sleeping with him and it was a whole thing. So anyway, after that, I still had all her fucking passwords. So crazy broken up with Peter post breakup is going through, you know, her Facebook, her emails, trying to see if she's talking to dudes and she was, you know, this is before Instagram, so I probably would have had that fucking password too. But, you know, why did I cho- why did I go through there? I don't fucking know. And then I remember one time, finally, I just, I, I texted her, called her, and I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Um, can you change your password? Because I can't, I can't not look at your fucking shit, and it's driving me crazy, and... That's what breakups do, man. When you when you don't want a relationship to end, it is kind of stalkerish. So, I've been there. Okay, moving on. I've told you guys so much already. <laughs> How could I ever? When my heart is in your hands. So, yeah, you fucked up, dude. You cheated on her. How could you? I don't know, dude. What prompted you to fucking do that, man? I don't know. And I know, baby, there is no turning back. And now here's the thing. I attempted to forgive, but it sounds like this chick is not forgiving him. So, you know, maybe he did it more than once. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater kind of thing. I get it. Um, (laughs) But then the next line is like, yo, this is for sure. Even though he is the one that cheated, he's not doing well without her you say that i'm crazy and i kind of understand you're like yeah dude i'm fucking going through emails and facebook messages trying to figure out who she's fucking talking and like not that i was gonna confront anybody about it you know i just had to know like what was there somebody else you know, it's hard to accept, man. Like, I just needed to know, and I wanted this to work. And, uh, you know, it's just so hard, man. It drove me to go see a therapist, man. It fucked me up. It really did. I'm fine now, though, obviously. That's why I talk about it on a podcast. I wouldn't talk about it publicly before. Not, like, on social media or on a platform like this where, like, billions of people can hear it, you know? Um, so, anyway. How I wish... For this nightmare to end. Oh yeah. Been there. We've all been there, right? It seems like a nightmare. You're depressed. You're Like I said, you can't eat. You can't sleep. You can't do anything. You can't 
go anywhere, that's the fucking worst, dude. When you're going through a breakup, especially like, I mean, I'm talking like a breakup. Like, like I said, she and I were together for four years. And, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody for that long, they're your best friend. You know, my girlfriend now is my best friend. You do, ev- you don't, now, now here's the thing. What I love about my current girlfriend and future wife is uh, she and I have these two completely separate parts of our life that do not intersect at all. And so we don't do everything together, but we do a lot of things together. But I still have things that I do on my own. And that's a lesson that I learned from this relationship that I'm talking about here and the heartbreak and whatnot, where we did everything together. Our identity was the couple and... You know, like, obviously, my girlfriend and I now have been together for six years, almost seven, which is crazy, but um, don't worry, I got plans. She doesn't listen to this podcast, I'm hoping to propose within the next couple months. That'll be a fun episode, right? (laughs) Um, If everything works out, that's my plan. So, um, anyway, moving on. She doesn't listen to this podcast because, as you guys heard a couple episodes ago, she likes NSYNC, but not like me. And she doesn't even listen to my other podcasts. Sometimes she does, but I don't think she's listened to one episode of this, which is fine. Um, (laughs) She's busy. She's got her own things going on. My point is, after a breakup like that, you know, there's places that you can't go. Like, I remember, you know, talking to somebody. I'm like, I couldn't even go to Trader Joe's after this breakup. What? What the fuck? Like, what are you going to? reason I couldn't go to Trader Joe's, this is funny, I had never been to Trader Joe's before. I didn't know what it was. It looked stupid to me. I had no idea what it was. I thought it was just like a, a weird store. And then that girlfriend was like, no, Trader Joe's is great. They have all kinds of healthy foods. They have like quick, you know, like she sold me on Trader Joe's. So my first Trader Joe's experience was with her. So I only knew Trader Joe's because of her. And then, yeah, of course, like I go now and stuff, you know, by the way, if you don't have a Trader Joe's near you, I'm sorry. That's one thing when I was in Oklahoma that fucking sucked because the closest one was like an hour away. And I think that's the only one, but whatever. So hopefully you guys live somewhere where there's a Trader Joe's. They have my favorite flavor of kombucha. GT. Well, actually, it's now my second flavor because GT came out with a new flavor. But uh, strawberry lemonade kombucha at GT at Trader Joe's. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so uh, I couldn't go to Trader Joe's because it just reminded me of her. Like it was just so heartbreaking. And so when you're in a relationship like that where you do everything together, it's just so hard to do a lot of things. And that's what led me to stand up, you guys. I don't know if I've talked about that on this show, but. You know, going in, in my depression and whatever and all that was going on, sadness and, you know, I, like I said, it put me into therapy. And, you know, me going to therapy was also uh, a combination of like stuff that had happened to me previously that I had never addressed. And this breakup was kind of like the culmination of all that stuff. So anyway, it was hard for me, <laughs> bottom line. So I get it, man. I just wanted it to end. I get it. I wish for this nightmare to end. Been there. Done that. I will never stop until you're mine. Yep. I can wait forever till the end of time. Because my heart is in your hands.
don't you understand? Like, you're trying to when you're trying to convince someone to take you back. It's like, do you realize how much I love you? Like, how I would just fucking do anything. What do you want me to do right now? You want me to punch that guy in the fucking face? Okay. There's the the line from Coming to America. Do you want me to denounce my throne? I will do it. We can give all this up. She's like, nah. <laughs> like, you do stuff when you're in love, man, to prove. And it, but it's usually, it's usually after the breakup that you're like, oh, I'll do anything. You know, it's like, well, we should have done anything during. The, but I felt like in this relationship, I did. You know, I just, if I'm being honest, and this is why my girl right now will be my wife someday. Uh, you know, when you're trying to be an artist, any kind of artist, whether you're a musician, you know, we all know the cliches about that musician, musicians are broke and blah, blah, blah. And same thing with acting, you know, same thing with comedy. Like, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, so many people just opt for that financial security, you know, of a nine to five job, guaranteed salary. And eventually, you know, the auditions and the rejections and all that, like it takes its toll, you know. So I understand why, you know, some girls are just like, or guys, you know, just like, yeah, I can't deal with this. Like I I need, you know, and that's kind of, I'm sure, not sure. I know part of the reason why, you know, she ended up cheating on me and whatever. It's like, I was struggling, man. I was a struggling artist and she was young and she wanted to go to the clubs and all that stuff. And like when I had money, it was great. But when I started to not have money, like it became a problem and, you know, but my girl now, knows you know what i go through the ups and downs she makes her own money so you know she doesn't need me to support her and she supports me sometimes um but like she sees the progression she knows the career path and how long it takes sometimes and just all these things so that's why she's ride or die and that's why she's going to be my wife one day um but anyway um yeah I'll never stop. Do you believe me when my heart is in your hands? Don't you understand? I will never stop till the end of time. My heart is in your hands. My heart, or my heart is in your, my heart is in your hand. One more round. I mean, it's just like he's like, come on, dude, just fucking let me try. <laughs> I will never stop until you're mine. I can wait forever till the end of time. Cause my heart is in your hands. Don't you understand? I'll never stop. I'll never stop. And, you know, I appreciate you guys letting me talk about these things. It's really, I know it's going to be more fun when I have other people talking about it. And I have big plans. You know, we still got quite a few more songs in the catalog to get over and whatnot. But I, I just appreciate, you know, anytime you guys are listening to the podcast, please, it, it really, I'm, I'm being serious. I want I want to keep growing this podcast. If you want a screenshot that you're listening and tag me on social at Peter Sirs on Instagram, at Peter Sirs one on Twitter or Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well, at Peter Sirs. If you screenshot that and tag me, I will share it. I'll give you a shout out. Like 
I, I'm all about that. I don't have a big enough platform where I don't see all of those things. So I see all those. I appreciate, like I said, every single one of you that has reached out and said that they love this show. And I, I appreciate it, man, because like I said, I had an idea of what I wanted the show to be. And it's kind of evolved into mostly that, but also me talking about <laughs> previous relationships and stuff like that and just recalling memories and whatever. So I wish they would have released this song. You know, in the U.S., because then more people would know it. But if you're a real NSYNC fan, you know this fucking song because it was on the Greatest Hits album. And uh, so that's it. So anyway, you guys, I don't know where you guys are in the United States. or I know there's some people around the world that are listening to this. But um, I have some comedy shows coming up. If anyone cares to come watch me do stand-up and be like, hey, I heard your, I listened to your NSYNC podcast. Uh, I'm going to be uh, this Sunday at the Ontario Improv in Ontario, California. Tickets are still available. I'll be there. Um, anyway, uh, whatchamacallit. I'm going to be there on Sunday, and then I'm going to be, uh, December 15th, which is a Wednesday, I'm headlining a venue called The Poor House in Paso Robles up in Central California. And then Thursday, December 16th, I'll be headlining a place called The Lost Court in Solfang, California, also Central Coast wine country. And then December 17th and 18th, I'll be headlining The Comedy Arena in McKinney, Texas. Two shows, one show each night. So if you're in any of those areas, come check me out, man. And I appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, share the po- or subscribe, like, rate it. It really helps me with the algorithm. I appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys next week on Here We Go.